Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. very wrong and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said Lord when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall about fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now Lord, take away my life, for it is better to me, me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head, to ease his discomfort, and Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I am so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should not I have been concerned for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their left hand from their right, and also many animals? Well, good evening all. Uh, It's great to be with you tonight. Not long ago, I was part of a church that uh, annually would hang flags of the nations around the building to help us celebrate a week of focus or a couple of weeks of focus on global mission. It was quite spectacular, uh, full of colour, and most of us really enjoyed it, but not all of us. Amongst us was one particular man who was so traumatised at the hands of one particular nation that he was unable to be in the same room as that nation's flag. What should happen to nations who inflict such trauma on their citizens, let alone on anyone else? In recent uh, weeks, we've seen people fleeing Afghanistan. Uh, Horrific images of people fleeing cruelty. And not just fleeing because they're fearful of what might come. Fleeing because they've been victims of what has happened before. What should happen to rulers who inflict such oppression and cruelty on people? And what should God do about such evil in our world? How should a righteous, just and holy God act in this world? God wanted Jonah to preach against such evil in the city of Nineveh. But Jonah ran. And tonight in uh, chapter 4 of Jonah, we find out that Jonah didn't run because of some sort of fear that he had of the Ninevites. Nor did he run just because the Ninevites weren't Jewish people and somehow weren't worthy of hearing God's word. In fact, Jonah didn't run because of Nineveh at all. 
Jonah didn't have a problem with Nineveh per se. He had a problem with God. Jonah wanted justice. God has a better justice. And Jonah didn't like it. Having fulfilled his duty by preaching to the city of Nineveh, Jonah goes and sits outside the city under a temporary shelter and he watches and waits. It all seems so wrong to Jonah, so unjust. Nineveh deserved destruction for all the evil that they had done and now they're getting off. How is that okay? Jonah's anger boils over. He's angry at God. He knew this would happen. It's not right. And Jonah blurts out his problem to God in verse 2 of chapter 4. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you're a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah doesn't like who God is. Notice that his outburst is still called a prayer. Sometimes prayer is raw. Sometimes prayer is heartfelt. Sometimes prayer is even accusative. God doesn't rebuke Jonah for such a prayer. In fact, I think he welcomes it. The words that Jonah uses there are essentially an Old Testament creed and what they show is that Jonah knows God. He knows God's character. He knows that if he preaches to Nineveh and if Nineveh repents, God will relent and Jonah doesn't like it. He's uncomfortable with what God is doing. Jonah wanted judgment. Jonah wanted condemnation. Jonah wanted justice. But God has a better justice. Jonah is angry while God is slow to anger. He engages with Jonah's problem, saying to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah doesn't reply. Is it right for Jonah to be angry? Is it right for Jonah to be angry that God doesn't overthrow evil? Is it right for Jonah to be angry that God didn't treat the Ninevites as they deserved? Is it right for Jonah to be angry that God allows them to walk free even though they'd inflicted such evil on others. Well, as Jonah contemplated all these things, God provides Jonah with an object lesson in the form of a leafy plant with its cherished shade that literally is here today and gone tomorrow its place taken by a scorching wind. God reaches out again to Jonah. Whether Jonah realises it or not, Jonah is the beneficiary of God's slowness to anger. 
Jonah is the beneficiary of God's better justice. Jonah hasn't answered uh, God's first question about his anger at Nineveh. So God prods Jonah and he asks him about his anger at the vanishing plant. Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? This time Jonah replies, It is right for me to be angry about the plant. Yes, I'm angry the plant's gone. I'm angry that the the removal of that plant has left me exposed to the harsh conditions around me. In the plant, as in the fish, Jonah experienced God's better justice. His actions didn't deserve deliverance by a miraculous fish. And neither did his actions deserve shade from a miraculous plant. If he were to be treated as his actions deserved, or if Jonah were to be treated the way he wanted Nineveh to be treated, then the story would have ended with Jonah in the sea. That is, if he made it that far. Jonah experiences the gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. Jonah experiences the God who relents from sending calamity even on Jonah. Jonah is happy with God's better justice as long as it works for him, but not so happy when God's better justice is to be put to work on Nineveh. Jonah was happy with the plant that God gave him. But God's concern for the plant was not because of what it did, but because he tended it. He made it. Jonah wants justice for Nineveh because of what they have done to him and his people. God wants a better justice for Nineveh. Not because of what they've done or haven't done, but because he made them. He cares about them. The people of Nineveh bear his image. And just as Jonah loved the plant, God loved the Ninevites. Jonah wanted justice. God has a better justice. Well, we don't know what Jonah made of this better justice. The book of Jonah leaves us unresolved with Jonah sitting there contemplating what God has said. We're left with Jonah pondering. It would have been easy in some ways for us to have a nice neat ending, you know, either. And uh, Jonah got up and ran away from God again and this time he made it all the way to Tarshish and was never heard of again. Or, and Jonah repented before God and embraced his calling as a prophet of God and fulfilled his vocation. Either of those would be easy, but this story isn't about Jonah, but about God. And this story with its unresolved ending invites us to ponder, like Jonah, 
who God is and God's ways in this world. It invites us to sit with Jonah and ask our questions. Does God's compassion allow for evil to prosper? Is God really holy? Is God really just? Are God's ways foolish? Is God a God who can be walked over? A God who can be taken advantage of? And if so, what sort of God is he? Why does God allow evil when he could just wipe it out? And these questions perhaps become a bit more focused if we bring them into our own world. Why do murderers, pedophiles, haters, bullies, why do they get to have their way in this world? Or if we think about current events, why do Taliban tyrants and COVID rule breakers get to have their way in this world? We want justice. We want judgment. But God has a better justice. See, if it's justice now, for the hard-nosed Taliban tyrant, then it's also justice now for the hard-hearted tax evader. If it's justice now for the COVID rule breaker, it's justice now for the covert rule breaker. If it's justice now for them, it's justice now for all. It's justice now for you and it's justice now for me. God's better justice may seem foolish, but God's better justice is wisdom. God's better justice takes punishment for evil on himself. And this is not just better justice for Nineveh. It's not just better justice for evil nations. It's not just better justice for Jonah, but it's better justice for you and better justice for me. This better justice of God is worked out for us in the cross of Jesus, in his death. God's better justice at the cross doesn't overlook sin, but condemns it. God's better justice at the cross doesn't allow evil to rule, but has victory over evil. See, rather than overlook wickedness and evil, in Jesus, God stares it down. God takes the punishment for evil and wickedness onto himself and bears its full weight, dying, so that the wicked can live. Jesus, the righteous one, dying so that the unrighteous can taste God's better justice. 2 Corinthians 5 puts it this way, God who made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that we in him 
might become the righteousness of God. This is God's better justice. That Jesus takes the punishment for sin and wickedness. That we get to experience God's better justice. Life with him. God didn't overlook Nineveh's wickedness. He dealt with it at the cross of Jesus. And God doesn't overlook wickedness in today's world either, but provides an opportunity for better justice at the cross of Jesus. Jesus is God's better justice. God's better justice for Nineveh. God's better justice for us. God's better justice for those who you and I may want to judge and condemn. Rather than embrace God's better justice, Jonah ran from it and he ran from its implications for the world. But the story of Jonah invites us to run to God's better justice, to run to Jesus knowing that his compassion, grace and abounding love are on offer. When we're discontent with aspects of God's ways in the world, of what God does or doesn't do, we can run to him. We don't need to fear him. We don't need to be stoic in our approach. It's all okay. We don't need to be passive and silent about our objections with God. Rather, we can run to him and be vulnerable, knowing that he is slow to anger and abounding in love. He can handle our hang-ups. He can deal with our discontent. Don't let the things that cause you agony drive you away from God and his better justice. Run to him. Run to God's better justice. Run to Jesus. When neighbours and friends or maybe just people in the broader community cause you angst, especially in our current environment, it's so easy to sit and condemn. It's easy to pass judgment. It's easy to give ourselves a shot of the feel-goods at someone else's expense. God's better justice invites a different response, a response of compassion and grace, a response that doesn't just implement our own justice but seeks the better justice of Jesus a response that gives God the opportunity to transform even the hardest of hearts, a response that's formed by the better justice we see at the cross of Jesus. I've been really encouraged over the past few weeks as I've heard little stories of people in our church across congregations doing things that reveal God's better justice in times that are tough. Living lives that resist condemnation. Living lives that seek the well-being of others, even at cost to themselves. 
living lives that speak words that allow for repentance, living lives that reveal Jesus, lives that reveal God's better justice. And finally, we can run to God's better justice when we are in total despair. You know, there's times when I see things happening in the world, whether globally or locally or in my own life, as there will be with you, where you cry out, how long, Lord? How long must this go on? How long must the wicked seem to prosper? How long must evil seem to go on unabated? And when we cry out like that, we cry out for God's better justice. We remind ourselves of the death and resurrection of Jesus and that in that God has defeated evil. He's had the victory over it. That Jesus is the king of this world and we point ourselves forward to another day. A day when God's better justice will be fully and finally realised. A day when wickedness and evil will be done away with for all time. A day when the one who judges justly will judge finally. Jesus will return and Jesus will usher in God's final judgment. And on that day, all will give account. No one will escape. And on that day, no wickedness will be left unpunished. For those who repent and have faith in Jesus, our wickedness, our sin, will be seen to be paid for by Jesus at the cross. And for those who don't repent, justice will come in that final judgment. On that day, God's better justice will be seen not as foolish, but seen in all its glory. And on that day, Those of us who are found in Jesus will have every longing for justice fulfilled. For on that day, we will be with him forever. On that day, we will taste and experience his new creation that will be full of justice and that will have nothing of wickedness. For on that day, we will begin to live in righteousness and justice forever and ever. But that day has not yet come. And you and me, we are not the judge of that day. And so we live now, not with our justice, but with God's better justice. Don't settle for your own justice. Run to God's better justice. Run to Jesus. Let me pray.
Lord God, thank you that you have a better way and a better justice than our own way. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that in him the punishment for sin has been paid. Thank you that in Jesus victory over evil and wickedness has been won. And thank you that there's a day coming where we will see that in its fullness. Strengthen us by your spirit to live these days for your better justice. For the sake of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.